<laughs> Love it. Give it more energy into the... That's good, eh? <laughs> that was good. Oh. These are our intros. We um, put a lot of time and effort into these. Uh, but here we are. Welcome back to episode 12 of the Cool To Be Conscious podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, if you're at work, if you're driving, if you're walking the cat, the dog, if you're on the toilet seat, if you're cleaning, whatever you're doing, here we are. In the air balls, in the air balls, in the air holes. In the air holes. About to, about to have we chat and drop in about a certain topic. A certain topic, all right, and it's um, it's a very, it's a very important topic. I know that you know myself included uh, had to really dive into this topic, and I actually believe it was one of the biggest, biggest. What's the word I'm looking for? The biggest things. It was the it was the, it was one of the biggest things that I leaned into that allowed me to evolve and shift my whole reality. I guess it was the first step in my journey that I made that allowed me to heal. Mm. And what is that topic? But I'm I'm just thinking they already know what the topic is because it's going to be the headline of the description of the potty. Oh, <laughs> it's it creating all this anticipation oh, of the what build up about, the about build what up, the topic hey. is. So, is Those that haven't seen the headline, though, eh, that are sitting on the toilet or, you know, wondering what it is, uh, they know. Yeah. It's alcohol. Alcohol, fam. Alcohol and what it what it's doing, how we behave around it, why we use it, and I guess having the awareness or creating the awareness around what it's doing for our health mentally, physically, and psychologically. There's, there's I guess, so many aspects and variables we can talk into here but I'd like to speak into a few of them especially mm. the journey from drinking every single weekend to becoming sober and yeah that process eh? I think it's a an awesome um that was an awesome journey for me to experience and mm. I'd like to speak into that a bit but also talking into culturally you know New Zealand most of the listeners are from Australia we've grown up in this society that it was culturally like a thing to do and yeah. it became like that normal thing it was like drink yeah alcohol and and we talked about this before and i remember a uh, indian man i think he might have been an uber driver or something for me super healthy had these perfect teeth and just had a beautiful energy about him and he was like i can't remember what, how the conversation evolved but he said you know australians you guys are alcoholics and i was like it took me by surprise i was like what do you mean mm. but then he sort of dissected a little bit and I was like actually yes like all of these social events all of these sporting events all of pretty much any sort of gathering alcohol is the number one thing that you know is going to be there and we're going to speak into this but what it what we're doing with that is we're relying on it for a source of connection mm-hmm. um, but it is is something that it's part of our culture it's part of our society and yes it can be used in a positive way but so often it is abused and the intent behind it is something that we just need to ask or question a little bit more absolutely and it's something that I think is dismissed a lot you know and we hear it we were assisting some lads down in Lismore and and uh, they were joking about you know seeing the doctor and um, you know the doctor would ask how many how many beers or how many drinks you're having each night you know talking obviously about an issue that's going on in their body to the doctor and you know they go oh just three just three a night you know three a day and then during the smoker they're saying you know three at smoker three as you finish work three as you get home or whatever but that whole concept of brushing that over the Mm. shoulder knowing that that's a massive cause of whatever that symptom is that's ending him up in doctors you know or in the hospital whatever that may be it's it's there's a lot of I think uh, destruction and 
having alcohol all the time, obviously mm-hmm. we can go into the effects of uh, inflammation and um, the swelling of the brain and the um, dehydration that it causes. Yeah. But you know, for overall optimal <coughs> health, it's something that is going to cause a lot of harm. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Absolutely, and just on that, and diving into a little bit about what's going on in the body, mm-hmm. because. I think what we what we should do with this potty is yeah, just dis- describe or help people understand a little bit what it's actually doing to b- the body, and then why we're even going to alcohol anyway. Because it's not really about the alcohol. The alcohol is just the the vice, it's the tool, the tool, the thing that we go to. But I think it is important to understand what's going on with it, so we can just take a moment and just go, oh yeah, actually I am might be fucking up my body a little bit here i'm putting it under a lot of strain and i'm not allowing it to work how it mm. could optimally work mm. and i was actually talking to mum about this last night she uh very healthy woman never drinks and well she she was actually telling me about when she was drunk when she was like 21 and she hasn't been drunk since because for like three days if she stood up straight she would feel like vomiting so she was walking around like hunched over for three days like this in the fetal position the whole body shut down and uh she's she listens or follows this lady called dr libby i'm sure some of the listeners listeners might be aware of her and she was talking about how the liver processes and i've learned about this a little bit in depth before but there's a couple of stages how the liver works and that first stage is about the filtering and uh, all the toxins that come through the body, pretty much everything's filtered through the liver. And when we have the alcohol, it stops the it stops the flow of what's happening there. And then all these other toxins don't get to go through the liver because it needs to process the alcohol mm. first. And then when all these other things start happening or stop getting filtered, that's when all the the other uh, side effects in the body, you know. You know, it might be acne, it might be feeling the brain fog, it might be uh, an inflammation of Mm -hmm. a certain joint or whatever that is for you. It's all clogging up because it can't get filtered and cleared out through the liver. And our body's just not being able to operate how it could. Mm, 100% it is. And and we feel that instantly when we put these substances in our body that we know aren't good for us. Like sugar, for example. You know, every now and again I'll have a naughty sugar bit of sugar mm. and yeah instantly my skin will break out and I'll get pimples and I'm like holy moly where'd this come from and it is it's the body trying to excrete that right because it's an overload of that filters overloading and the overflow is coming back and through the skin and it's trying to escape that's why it's so important to jump in the sauna and get mm. the body working get it moving get it flowing but yeah obviously cognitively as well what's going on in the brain is it's just basically slowing down those highways between those neural connections and the brain the functions are all slowing down it's it's why we are very unable to judge distances we're very clumsy we're very fumbly very slurry in the words like I remember trying to have a, I actually shared a video of me when I was drunk the other day and the words are just slurry <laughs> you know everything just slows down and you're unaware mm. of how how like basically much of a baby you look like or sound like mm. right you just it looks like you're beginning to learn to speak again mm. when you're in that really really intoxicated state and that's the brain just struggling to perform yeah. struggling to operate just for a moment think about that think about the brain think about how it operates right now you're listening and think about what happens when you put the substances d- and detach from that definition of what drunk is makes you a bit funny and a bit um 
elated emotionally and think about what's going on cognitively there and how it actually just slows down all the functions of it mm. and just imagine what that's doing if you think of a, a, a vehicle you think of a vehicle driving and then all of a sudden you put a different fuel in it and it starts to chug it starts to really battle to drive I mean, you, you think mm. that would be so bad for my car yet we're doing it to our body most weekends mm. you know I was, I was doing it every single weekend and it's interesting because it is a nice feeling when we are so in our brain. And it's the reason why we teach what we teach. It's so we don't have to have this analytical mind on all the time. And there's no need to actually escape because yeah. it's already quiet and it's already calm. Yeah, when you get out of the brain, you were meaning it. Yeah, yeah. You said in the brain. And <laughs> when we get out of the mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like the yeah. mind's like that analytical mind, mm-hmm. that prefrontal cortex. It's so on these days, and like we've been a little bit guilty of it the last few weeks with the amount of things that we've been doing. But we've been regulating ourselves. We've we've been aware of that, mm. and we know that we're not going to vices. We come back to the breath. We come back to giving ourselves space and giving ourselves time. However. What we do see repeatedly is people need that we escape, that we button to go, all right, I just need to slow or turn my brain off here. And alcohol is a great one at doing that. However, it comes with so many side effects and so many things that don't allow us to be an optimal human being. And when we're relying on this external substance or source to calm that brain brainwave state, because that's what it's doing, mm. it's coming from that high beta brainwave to a low beta alpha, and it does, it calms us, it slows down the brainwave state, like you're talking about. The body doesn't function properly. But that's what happens within breathwork and meditation. But obviously with breathwork and meditation, we're not trying to function. We're not trying to talk to people. We're just using that as a as we're a being. practice to slow down the mind. But when we're doing this in social settings and we're trying to be awake with these low brain, brain waves, it's like blah 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 blah. <laughs> What's going on Absolutely. here? <laughs> and this is why people get injured a lot. You know, mm-hmm. you, you hear of well, I know when I used to get drunk, I'd do stupid things. Oh, I'd have yeah. no care in the world. My brain wasn't working enough to actually go. Oh, this could not be a good idea. I may get injured. And, you know, I had many moments where I made stupid decisions during driving. I remember getting in my vehicle at a at a piss up a party. I was 16 years old in my Ford Falcon Ute. I got in there, started it up, put it in first gear, dropped the clutch, sat there with my foot flat on the accelerator on the brake, and I was skidding until my blow my tires blew out. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, tires blew. I was pissed ass. Yeah, go yep. wrong. Pissed shot, ass, bro. pissed ass, bro. <laughs> and my mates come up to me and they're like, what are you doing? Actually, they're like, what are you doing? And oh, I was really? Like, Fuck. <laughs> I don't even know. Yep. Literally. And that was just, I don't know what was going on there, but I think it was just that more emotional side of it. It was probably looking for attention, mm-hmm. right? It was looking for attention or seeking someone to come and ask if I was okay. Mm-hmm. Probably just wanting that love. Deep down, yeah, deep absolutely. down. Um, at the time, I was just like, I'll be a fucking dickhead. But looking back, it was. It was seeking someone to care for me. Mm. Yeah, to care for me. It's interesting, the the reasons why we use it, right? And that's what we're trying to get into today. Mm. Just asking yourself, yeah, I might drink. And you might not think much of it, but just asking the question, why? Why am I doing this? And when I started asking that enough, because, you know, I'd have these nights out. I wasn't, I was never, I never actually liked drinking, Mm. but because it was such a normal social thing, I just did it anyway. And every time I'd get drunk or 
or whatever, I'd have a big night out and you'd feel like shit the next day or you'd get home and you'd sit there on the toilet like, what the fuck? <laughs> the body's I just doing? blowing up. Yeah. You're blowing up the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> just feeling like death. Yeah. It's like, oh my, what am yeah. I, why? And all that guilt, that shame comes in because you know that might not be you. I certainly had that feeling and it was it got so overwhelming to the point I, I actually started and it's scary to start going, actually, I think I might not drink. I might but then it's like, how do I go about it? What are my friends gonna say? Am I ever gonna be able to socialise again? I can't go out sober, that's what? Loser. No way. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Um but yeah, just on that, like when I did start voicing that especially in these rugby environments and the culture that we've grown up in, it's, it's not very common. And there wasn't people, well, I didn't know of people that would speak about this or anywhere to go to to understand, you know, can I do things sober? Do I have to drink? And when I just listened to myself, because there was that part of me, I was like, no, nah, I don't actually like drinking. And my mates would start questioning me, or oh, bro, come on, just have a cup. Why don't, why don't you never drink this kind of thing? And it's, I didn't know how to say things at then. I didn't know how to express it. I didn't know how to just stand in my truth. So often I'd get persuaded into start drinking, but there would be the few times I was like, actually no. And what I realised is, these people that often are peer pressuring or forcing actually might want that too but they're too scared so that they've got to bring you back down to that level. And it might not be a conscious thing. They're not like, oh, fuck, this guy's is leveling up or whatever it is. We've got to bring them back down. But it's that's what's actually going on. They might be seeing themselves as losing a friend and they want you to be a part of, of their friendship group and that connection. And what I want to get across here today is trusting in what you truly want because... When we did this, I know especially f on, on my journey, when I started going, actually, you know, it's not me and I'm not going to drink tonight. And instead of when they asked, question me, I'd question them back, why are you drinking? And instantly, uh, uh, no answer because often it's so based around these insecurities of they need more confidence, liquid courage, oh, I can't talk to girls, I can't... Uh, connect I can't dance without it I can't operate without it so it became it becomes this sort of need and but they don't want to voice that because it's all these insecurities so if you are wanting to you know hashtag CWC sober Saturday you can just use that that's a wee, a wee one to chuck in the yeah, tool belt challenge. just re re-throw that to, look I just don't feel like drinking why do you drink? What What are the reasons behind it? Mm. And just, you know, see what they say. They might yep. have some valid things. They might not. Absolutely. And don't don't challenge them either. Say it in a way that is mm. in a, more, as a more, more feminine energy based, a more soft way to, to approach this conversation. Instead of saying, why Why do you drink? Say like, why do you, why do you drink? Mm. You know, like let's have a conversation. Pure curiosity. Pure curiosity. Yep. Why do you drink? Don't challenge because that will create more challenging back from that ego. So just being honest with this person too. Like for me, when I started to go out sober and people were like, why are you not drinking, bro? I'd actually be honest and, and actually be very vulnerable and, and more feminine here. I'd go, I'm actually really struggling with my mental health and my relationship with alcohol I know isn't right. 
you know, and that's what led me to sabotaging my most recent relationship. I cheated on her. I went out, I got completely blackout drunk and I woke up next to another woman. And for me, that was a moment when I looked at myself in the mirror that morning and said, who are you? Who have you become? What is going on here? This isn't right. This isn't what my mum taught me, how to look after a woman and treat women. And that for me was a big moment. After that happened, I still continued to drink. That wasn't enough. That was a big hit, but I thought that I could get away with it. And it wasn't until I started having these panic attacks where I knew something had to change. And at the beginning of my journey, I didn't know where to start, I didn't know what to do. But mum organised a a meeting with a psychologist. And uh, the psychologist literally looked into my eyes and said, you're a very sensitive soul, like do you drink alcohol? I said, I drink every weekend. And she said, okay, you've got to stop doing that. You've got to stop drinking alcohol, full stop. You're you're going to end up in a psychotic ward if you continue doing this. And for me, that, that actually really hit me, eh? And I was like, holy shit, I've got to stop drinking alcohol. So from that moment onward, from that conversation, I said, I'm going to do 12 months. 12 months, no alcohol. And I did. The first three weeks were so challenging. They were so challenging. I was like every week, every week it would come and it would, I'd go to work and I'd be feeling stressed and it would build and build and build. And I'd have no out. I'd have no out. That was my out. That was my escape from reality, right? I think many that are still in those positions that go out every weekend, that is a way to escape their, their stress or their emotions or whatever they're feeling in their body, their anxiety, whatever that is. But for me, that was that was my out. So after the, the first couple of weeks, the first three weeks were the most difficult, getting to that weekend and going, what am I going to do now? So I, I tried to start to, to busy myself. I started doing other things and going for walks and exploring more. I started going to see these waterfalls in New Zealand and had a lot more time in nature too, which I think was a big part of it. But after those three weeks, it was almost like I was coming out of the fog, eh? And I was mm. getting so much clarity in my mind. This is when I was starting to implement breathwork as well. After this third week or fourth week of not drinking, this is when um, I was starting to dive into breathwork. I was starting to listen to Jay Shetty on the potty and I saw your breathwork um, guiding the Wim Hof. And I started doing this. And this is where my life just shifted completely. You know, come six months in from not drinking, seven months in, I was so, fuck, I was so fucking transformed. It was insane. I think... I hadn't gone like a week without being sober since, like I started drinking when I was 14, 15 and we pissed up all the time on the farm and, you know, as teenagers causing mischief in town and I I couldn't remember when I had had a full sober week and it was just like clarity Mm. and it was, it was also, it was also building up that sense of self-love for myself. I started to care for my body. I started to invest in the food that I was putting in. I started to drink spring water. I started to make all these alterations. But yeah, for me, I th- I truly believe stop stopping the alcohol coming in my system mm. was a massive shift for me in my journey. Yeah. Massive shift. And like I, I want to invite everybody just to a, to try we challenge for those that are still going out every weekend and, and still a part of that um, feeling of, of being with a group of people, I challenge you to go out uh, sober, to not drink, and to to just witness that, just to witness that behaviour, witness uh, that, that environment, and see if it feels good for you, see if you could operate in there, see if you want to be in there, right, and then if it's really challenging, I want you to look into those reasons for not wanting to be in there, what's coming up in your body, how is it making you feel, because I know for many, alcohol isn't the issue, it's 
it's what we see what we said before it's that vice to cover or numb an emotion or a feeling in your body that we're escaping and for me it was that I was escaping that suppressed emotion I was pushing it down I was drinking it away so many that are listening I want you to ask yourself is there anything that you're not wanting to feel is there anything that you're running away from that's pressing on your on your body or your heart or your mind is the mind getting really loud are there negative thoughts going on that are wanting you to go to that substance to numb that down is there something going on there I want you to to ask yourself these questions before you go to the drink next time and at the end of the day what I spoke to you earlier about Rue the the whole idea about going out and drinking with all these people is that sense and feeling of being a part of a community or being a part of a family. And ever since I can remember, that was the place to go every weekend. It was like the culture, right? It was the culture. Imagine, imagine for a second, those that are listening, just imagine this. Imagine a weekend where you go to a park and there's no alcohol, but there's live music, people are having picnics, and you can all dance and you can all interact and there's no tension, there's no uh, sense of insecurity, there's no feeling of anxiousness. You all feel just so safe and secure and and comfortable. Imagine that. Just You'd rather be there a thousand times over going to a club till 4am going uns, 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 uns. Mm. Can't even hear people in there. You're literally just escaping. Imagine that. That would be freaking amazing. Yeah. Buffering could be conscious festival. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And it it's comes down to that. And the big reason why we do it, we do it. Could yeah. be conscious is human connection. We fucking yearn for mm. it. We fucking want it. And that's what we see. We The only place we can get it is when we go out to town and we... and for so many of us myself my old self included needing to get drunk to be able to even talk and communicate and have the confidence to speak to people it's it's so Mm. looking at it now I understand what's going on but yeah when I was in there no idea what was going no idea that uh, what I was doing to myself or why I was drinking so I think just asking yourself that question actually why am I drinking do I need it to be able to bring that fun part of me out because that alcohol does have this beautiful way of allowing us to connect with that true self and you know you send the texts or you love everyone <laughs> you, you give dump, everyone dump hugs. The person yeah <laughs> you're just fucking honest yeah, you are you're connected with that higher self you're connected with your true self but then when the alcohol wears off and you come back to that mind that wasn't me oh, sorry, that I, was wasn't, yeah, I was just drunk yeah. but Actually, that was a realer version of you than this anxious person that puts on the faces and pretends to be this other human. So it's understanding that, understanding why are we insecure, understanding like it, to be our true fucking self. Sometimes it needs to be drunk and it's interesting to see what comes through that doesn't normally come through. But for the likes of us, Breath when we when we go out nowadays, like... We're like our old drunk selves without needing to drink. You know, with a, uh, we've talked about this before, but think of like a boutique, little sort of hippie, quite classy bar in Byron Bay. About 50, 60 people. Take in your there. imagination here. And, you know, everyone's sort of sitting around, looking around. Oh, yeah, what, what, what are those guys over there? Oh, what are those girls? Sniffing us, eh? Yeah. Who are these and cats? Then, and then everyone, you know, got the drinks, got the cocktails, and we rock in there, uh, the two of us and B-Ron. 
and we were just looking to have fun. And we're like, oh, this place, you know, ah, oh, fuck it, let's bring the vibes up. There was a DJ going, no one was dancing, and we're like, all right, let's go get a soda, water, and lime. <laughs> We'd already paid 30 bucks entry. <laughs> and so over to the D floor, we stroll with our water, put the water down, DJ's just cranking, like, get the body moving, and before you know it, we were just eyes closed, like a full immersement of that ecstatic sort of dance, absolute goofballs. It wasn't full, like, ecstatic dance, just being absolute boneheads, and it was so much fun. We were just looking at each other, laughing, having a great time, and literally within about five or six minutes, that vibration, that fun energy that we created, there was 10, 15 people on the dance floor, and the whole entire place had shifted and that didn't come from alcohol that came from us looking inward understanding what voids we needed to release and what we were lacking in love within ourselves so that Mm. we didn't need anything external we can just fucking have fun without without anything and doesn't matter what these people think of us let go of the judgment all we're here for is that bit of fun yeah uh, but I'm not saying like we can do that every time. Like we've been out on other occasions. We go out what once every six weeks or so, mm. and just to let their hair down. Another occasion we might be sitting there like, oh, you know, looking around, and we see a lot of versions of our old old selves or parts of ourselves, and these people, you know, drinking, having a look around. But then, and it can be a little bit anxious. But we know, we know. Oh, this is just a feeling. This is an emotion. We can shift that state. And I think that is the beauty in this work and understanding using the breath meditation, diving within is being able to shift that state quickly and not linger in it, not let it overcome us Mm. and then thinking, oh, I need something outside of myself. It's being able to be aware of it, flick that switch, come back home, nothing actually matters. Let's have fun. (laughs) Nothing actually matters, eh? And it's exactly that. All of those people that were sitting around were just waiting for that permission slip Mm. to be themselves. And it was beautiful to witness that whole process. It was like, here they come. Here they come. Come on. And it's not like a judgment thing. It's like we bring them in. It's like we're sort of waving at people. You know, if they're looking over, giving them the nod. Because you can feel it. You feel that people just want to get up and dance and move their body. But, you know, I remember being in that same position and needing three, four, five more beers to to get up Mm -hmm. and dance. Oh, you know, I remember going, get the girls coming, come for a dance, Ryan. I'll be like, oh, two more drinks, two more drinks. I'll just wait till I'm a little bit more numb. <laughs> I'll wait till that fear of judgment has just disappeared yep. a little bit more. And then, you know, 10 more beers later, I'd be the bloody party animal. Yep. I'd be swinging around and yep. bloody handstanding and whatever. And that was what I wanted to do without the drinking, yep. you know. I didn't have to put all the poison in my body to be able to do that, but it was like a lack of trust in myself and that fear of judgment, I feel, were the biggest ones. So those that are listening and are like, man, I just I want to be able to do that, you can. Mm. You can do that. And those that are still drinking every single weekend and that want to make a difference and want to make a change, start small. Start really small. You know, make make one weekend every month, a sober weekend, you go out sober and you experience it sober and just mm. work it up. Oh, I can actually do this, you know, just start building that up, building that self. Um, a good trick is yeah. if you are 
still a little bit worried about people asking and questioning you all the time because it can get a little bit much. I remember when I first started doing it, mm. just emptying out a beer bottle and filling it with water <laughs> and walking around the night, and no, yeah. no questions are asked. Yeah. Or or the the soda soda waters with yeah. ice and lime. And yeah. what if someone says, "What are you drinking?" Oh, yeah, just vodka. Vodka. We soda, don't even have water. to lie. You can you yeah. tell them, but no one's going to ask. No That's the thing ask. because yeah. you don't ask what someone's drinking you if don't. they've got a no drink one in does. their hand. No. no one does. So yeah, you can can get away with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Although, like the the next step from there is the just having owning nothing it. and just owning it, embodying it. Look, this is me. I'm I, I'm at this stage in my life. I don't want to drink. I still want to come out and connect, have some yep. fun, and people will just. It's it's actually the opposite of what I thought would happen. I thought I was going to get so judged and people would, you know, talk shit and abuse me. But it was a complete opposite. It was like, they oh, talk. really? What? Why? How you doing it? And then three, two months later, oh, look who's look who's trying being sober and mm-hmm. not drinking anymore. And it's just so fucking powerful when you own your truth, when you be that change that you want to see in the world, how that can impact those around you. 100%, bro. Absolutely. It's that, you know, I talk about this conversation I had with that guy in the bar in mm-hmm. Queenstown after going through this journey with not drinking for about eight months and then travelling a little bit before I came over to Australia. And I went, we went out to the Cowboy Bar, it's an infamous, infamous bar in Queenstown, and went down there and anyway, I walked up to a bar and there was no other tables available, but one bar, little stool leaner, was available and there was a chap, a lad there, leaning against it. And I was like, we'll just go over to this one and join this guy. And my friend was like, well, there's a guy there. And I was like, it's okay, let's just join, we'll have a conversation. And um, popped next to him, had my um, had my water and soda with me, and everyone else had their drinks. And anyway, just popped myself there, and he goes, "Here you go, mate." You know <laughs> the classic, "Here you go, mate." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah good brother. How you going?" And he's like, "Oh, what's what are you drinking?" And he just literally went straight to that. What are you drinking? I was like, "Oh, soda, soda water and uh, and ice." Hey, soda water. Yeah, mate, soda water nice. And he couldn't believe it. He's like, "How are you in here sober?" Firstly, and I just said. It's actually taken a lot of practice, to be honest, and um, it's taken me to learn to not uh, be attached to my environment and to really stand in my power and to speak truthfully with my relationship that I had with alcohol and to be able to, to be in there without being triggered and annoyed was was a practice, right? Because when you're drunk... When everyone's drunk and you're sober, people are bumping into you and spilling alcohol on you. Like it's a practice not to be mm. triggered. It's a real practice to be compassionate and know that that is just a version of you 10 months ago. Mm. But having this conversation with this lad was one of the most, I think, moving conversations that I've, I've ever had with someone witnessing him literally transform in front of me and take ownership of what he wanted to achieve and trusting in himself right there and then was amazing. I was literally speaking with him talking into the fact that I'd stopped drinking and I was just honest with him. He said, why don't you drink anymore? And I said, yeah, I was in a really bad way mentally and I was struggling. And I hit him. I hit him straight away. As soon as I said that, as soon as I said I was struggling mentally, he goes, fuck, I'm struggling mentally too. And his mates come over and they started bashing his glass and saying, skull, bro, skull. And I was like, you don't need to drink it, bro. You don't need to drink it. And he, he believed that. And he... And he literally did. He believed he could get away with not drinking it and standing strong in himself. And he did that. And his mates kept bumping him and drinking, you know, but drink it, bro. And he's like, I'm not going to drink it. And I'm going to change. I'm going to do it. And I believed him. And he believed himself. And it was an amazing conversation. I left that bar going, I've just changed someone's life. I've just 
assisted some complete someone's trajectory, and that's the most amazing thing about this. As Ruth said, it's the complete opposite to what you're expecting if you don't drink and you go to bar sober. You just become fascinating to everyone in there because deep <laughs> down they all want to do it. They yeah. all they don't actually want to be drinking. Most <laughs> of them, they want to be doing what you're doing, empowering themselves to to not have to drink and to be able to be in those scenarios and situations and have fun and play and still be the life of the party. I remember getting on the bull. I got on the electric bull, right? <laughs> and Stahursky and and those they they didn't get on it. Jack didn't get on it. But and they're like, how, how do you do that? I was like, man, just have fun. Have fun, but it's fun, you know. But it's that fear of judgment. They're just—I think it's the biggest virus on this planet. Yeah, the fear of judgment. It just that fear is the biggest crippler. Yes, and just toxic energy that stops us from being creative, being in flow, being loving, being us, being us. It's just the biggest crippler. (sighs) Oh, and under like. I just want to, I'm going to plug us because understanding what we are, who we are at our true core beyond this human body through breath work, meditation, connection, having time with ourselves, it does, it reveals a part of ourselves. It reveals this love that's already there and it allows us to let go of the judgment. Yes, it's, it comes and goes, but it's so minimized and it's so easy to, to witness mm. and overcome quickly when you understand that. That's why Amen. we're so passionate about this and we're going to do it to the day we die. To the day we die. And it is, it's as simple as that. Mm. Putting down the walls, taking the armor off, being open, opening your heart, opening your mind, recentering with yourself and expressing yourself in any way shape or form with no fear Mm. let the child play we've all got it with us we've got a little challenge for you if you've listened to this this far next time you're out on a saturday night hashtag cwc sober saturday story story tag call to be conscious and we'll share you because yeah we really want to bring this message on on a big scale because it's it's so important and yes, we know it's not the substance of alcohol, it's the other things, but starting there, letting letting go of that substance, it allows us to reveal, oh, this is going on, Absolutely. and then work through that. Yeah, and when you do lean away from the substance and you start taking these weekends for yourself, know that these emotions will start to arise and to be gentle with yourself, mm. be compassionate and be... Be soft with yourself. Kind. Allow that emotion. Be kind. Be, you know, non-judgmental to you. Non-judgmental to your body, to your heart. And when these things do arise, just be with them. Let them flow through the body and know that this is the beautiful journey. Yeah. And there's lots of rainbows on the other side of that. that oh, those tears. Yeah. Let them go. Oh, yeah, fam. This was fun. We trust you got a lot out of this and it was awesome to, to speak into a topic that is really close to home for me. You know, I've got a family that have that are still abusing alcohol and that have moved through a lot with alcohol and, you know, I'm continuing to assist where I can with that. But it's a journey, it's a process. So know that you're not alone and we're here to support, we're here for you and know that the Call to Be Conscious is, is here. The yeah. communities are ready for you yeah. with open arms. Absolutely. And yeah. if you've got a friend like... Imagine listening to this back when we were still drinking and, and we had friends yeah. or, or you had friends challenging you. 
send them this podcast and just let them hear it. They may listen, they may not, but it's just it could be a tool that may just plant a seed or wake something up within mm. them. So that's yeah, we would love for you to share it with a friend or someone that you think yeah may it may help or serve in some way. And if you do really enjoy what we do, please leave us a review. That'd be amazing. Or share on your story. We love seeing the shares. We love seeing what you got out of this as well. Mm. It assists us with how we yep. how we talk and how we bring it. Obviously, there's no there's no um, notes or anything here. It's all free flow. But love to hear what you got out of it most. And um, yeah, again, the reviews are really assisting us with getting this message across. So. Big love fam. Big Thank love. You. See Mwah. you soon. Mwah.